And welcome to Sporlitics, where sports and politics mix and mingle. I'm Stacy Johnson. Joining me tonight is Aguna, who's late. Again, you guys can get on him when he gets on. The Nigerian moderate Republican, Keith. The constitutional conservative, Stephen. The independent thinker. And my cousin, Todd. Is he really the independent thinker? Yes. Or the dark web thinker? Oh, here's Aguna late. And Aguna, the Nigerian moderate Republican. All right. The pretty late Aguna. Good evening. Good evening. So good evening. All, I don't know if you all know, but we will not default, says Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, on the paying our bills with the debt ceiling drama. According to the New York Times, the LA Dodgers faced backlash after rescinding a pride invitation for one of their baseball games, saying they did not want to distract from the event. The Dodgers announced that the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence would not attend. Now, other groups are pulling out. The United States remains in a heightened threat environment with recent racist and ethnically motivated attacks. The Department of Homeland Security advised today. Stephen, as NASCAR used to talk about Why didn't you put your thumbs down on that, uh, Republican? Wait, you can't just interrupt me in the meaning, in the middle of my intro. How well, are you just going to do that? that I... No, we're not doing that. <laughs> Penguin Random House and five authors are suing a Florida school board over book bans as Ron DeSantis announced his bid for president of the United States today on Twitter under disastrous conditions. Denver and Miami are leading their series and which NBA coach is going where now that there are a few NBA coaching positions open as the one in Philadelphia. And more, if we can fit it in. First up, Stephen with NASCAR. Tell us about the All-Star Race and what's coming up next week. Well, this past week we had the All-Star Race. And if you are a, a big fan of it, you would love it. If you're not a big fan, you wouldn't love it as much. But it was at North Wilkesboro, which they haven't raced there since the 90s. Maybe they'll bring that back at the, at the track because it was a really – it was a good race. Even though it was just an all-star race, these guys were not racing for nothing. The winner of the race gets a million dollars. It's not too bad. So it's it, re it really was good. Um, it, Kyle Larson won. Uh, Denny Hamlin could have won. Woulda, shoulda, coulda. But his, um, his pit crew didn't work so well late at, late in the race. Um, but it was a little bit it, it was a, it was eventful. It was it was a good race. But now we get back to the racing. You know, it's his 14th race. It's Charlotte this week. It's a 600 mile race. It's huge. 
and it's after the uh, Indianapolis 500 race uh, comes on earlier in the day, and then Charlotte comes on. And it used to be a time when a couple of NASCAR drivers would do both, you know, but they don't do it anymore. They have too much going on on their own deal to do anything like that, like they used to do. But that was fun to you know, catch a helicopter or a plane or whatever, and whatever was fastest at the time and get to the next race. It was always fun to watch them go from one race to the other and just be completely wiped out after that because it takes a lot to race these, both of these cars. So this week's going to be good. It's going to be Charlotte. Uh, looking forward to it, but it may rain, and that's going to be a real drag. They're calling for rain here on the East Coast. Um, it's been a little up and down a little bit. We don't know because it's all weathermen, and they're just guessing pretty much. So hopefully the race goes off. Hopefully Memorial Day weekend is nice and sunny and hot for everybody and a nice time, But and, and the race goes on. So looking forward to this. This Charlotte race is usually a real nice race to watch. Really nice 1.5 mile. A little, it's got its own uniqueness to it, and it's a lot of fun to watch. So I, I, I don't think we're going to be disappointed this year, be it the trucks or the, the juniors or the, the real big-time NASCAR boys. I think it's going to be a great weekend for, for racing and for the Indy guys, too. It's going to be amazing. So it's going to be a full-day Sunday of race cars of different sorts. All right, so that concludes your report. Um, <laughs> yep. Let's go to Aguna and talk about these NBA openings and who do you think will be the... The NBA openings or the finals? Well, you can talk about the... I want to talk about the coaches first. Who You know, there's a few coaching positions open. Uh, Doc Rivers, where do you think he may land? And then you can talk about how Denver has a lead over the Lakers in the series and Miami has a lead over Boston in the series. And then Steven. Yeah, and, and I haven't really been following, like, the Sixers head coaching job search. I think Doc Rivers, you know, it's going to be interesting because he's going to have quite a few options, you know, especially as, you know, more teams start letting these coaches go. I mean, he's a first ballot Hall of Fame coach. So somebody is going to pick him up. Now, unfortunately – you know, his stint with the Clippers didn't end well. And now you look at what happened with the Sixers, you know, it's going to be, I, I don't think it's a tarnish on his legacy, but when you can't get it done in the postseason, it's kind of like that would have, could have, should have, that kind of thing hanging over it. But I still think he's going to the Hall of Fame. And I can't speak to a lot of the Sixers job search. I know I heard a couple of names, Riddick and Austin, some of these other names thrown around. But, you know, I'm, you know, I'm very, like I said, I think Doc should have, they should have doubled down on Doc a little bit. Um, but, you know, because there's no guarantee that Harden is going to even be back in Philly. Right. And in fact, there's rumors that he may go back and go back to Houston. And so when you start making these coaches' decisions based on player emotion or temperament, a lot of times you end up, you know, beholden to these egos and there's no guarantee that they're going to, you know, pan out. So um, that being said, you know, these finals are very interesting. Like the Nuggets, I don't see anybody beating this Nugget team. I thought the Lakers would put up more of a fight than what they did. Um I personally wanted to see uh, Jokovic Embiid final just to see like the first, you know, NBA 
MVP from last year going against the MVP from this year. But I think the one thing that Djokovic has got going this year is that he's going to get his title. So he got MVP last year. Now he's going to get a title this year. I don't see the Heat or the Celtics, which they got to dig out of a big hole coming um, beating Denver. It's just not going to happen, especially what they did to the Lakers. I mean, they, this was a very good Laker team. It wasn't like – I mean, they weren't in the most dominant of Lakers teams um, uh, or LeBron teams, but they were – they had caught momentum at the right time, and they were kind of finding their own, um, and Denver just shut them down, swept them. So it's like I don't know if Miami could put – it. you know, it looks like Miami may close out tonight. I don't know if they'll put up as big of a fight as the Lakers did, but I mean they're very focused in Denver. They, you know, they went up four, they went up two games. They went to L.A. and handled business. I mean, it was it wasn't even a series. So, yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Steven. Well, I don't have any any idea about the coaches or who they're going to take or why they let their coach go at Philly. I have no idea what's going on with coaches. I think it's the silliest thing I've ever seen in my life. So whatever they do, whatever they get, whoever they get, we'll see what happens then. But as far as this is, is going, the, the Nuggets will win it all. They are the team. Boston's not it. They they won yesterday. They were they were hitting some points. They got a little they got something back from what they didn't have from being down 3-0. But the heat's the heat. It's it's kind of easy. Take the heat, get the seven and a half or the eight or whatever you can get. Take the heat because even even money line, just take it straight up because um, the Celtics don't play well at home. They, they're not going to they're not going to do well. And then, then the Celtics have nothing for the Nuggets. At least the heat is a tough, gritty team that can get in there and, and really, really mix it up. I was very disappointed in them last night. I don't know what happened. Maybe they just got too cocky. Maybe they needed to lose. Maybe that was the best thing for them. But it has been very interesting. And, and it was great to see LeBron uh, take lose four straight games. And I think maybe unless he plays with this kid, he, he, he may be gone. But that, that, was, that was good. You know, he's, uh, so, I mean, you, you don't like LeBron? I don't like LeBron. I like LeBron for what he does and for who he is on the court. But for sometimes he just gets a little bit too much, man, just for a little bit too much for me, like in other ways. But but I respect him. He's one of he's a top two or three player of the lifetime. man. So, I, yeah, I, I love LeBron in so many ways. But some things distract detract that from me a little bit. But I'll get over it. That's just a me issue. But yeah, LeBron's great. But it was it was kind of cool to see a superstar go like that because they were playing a, a team that I had that I that I kept backing that kept making me happy. You know, so I love Denver. I love the Nuggets and whoever they play, I think they're going to annihilate. And I like last week I called for a sweep and and and, and maybe a game in five or maybe a sweep. But I thought it was going to be kind of quick on these two. And then the next two teams that play is going to be great. And it would be – I am uh, got a soft spot for the Heat if they can take out the Celtics and, and then win it all against the Nuggets. But I think the Nuggets are just too, too much. They have way too much that, that, they, can, uh, that they can deal with. But maybe they can take it to seven. It'll be a great series. That will. So let me um, – I'm showing you the um, – my screen. 
And if you see, it says 2023 NBA coaching tracker news, rumors, interviews, personnel changes, updated May 22nd, 2023 at 6 p.m. Fox Sports. The NBA's coaching carousel already began moving moments after the 22-23 regular season ended. A couple of teams announced that they were moving on from their current coach. Um, and here's the latest news. Hired, the Houston Rockets agreed to terms with former Celtics coach Aime Udoka to make them their next head coach. <laughs> Any comments, Aguna, Steven? No, I don't even know who that is. So, I mean, I admit, yeah, I don't even yeah. really. Do you know who really... Udoka is? No. Yeah, really. What are you talking about? Is that the guy from the Celtics? Oh, okay, that was a guy from the Celtics that was, that was dating me along? Yes. Oh, that's where I know that name from. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, well, I heard the guy outside of the you know the situation of what it was. I mean, I heard the guy was a good coach. Now I'm surprised that the Houston Rockets hired him. That's pretty interesting. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, if it, it, it's not you know reality television is not made for TV. So I mean, this is this will bring some our show. And exactly. um, he's going to replace Stephen Silas. Stephen, what were you going to say? Oh, no, no uh, nothing. Okay. Let me go on. Candidates for the Detroit Pistons, Raptors assistant coach Adrian Griffin, Bucks assistant coach Charles Lee, the Heat assistant coach Chris Quinn, the Bulls assistant coach Josh, Josh Longstaff, the Nets assistant coach, Brian Keefe. Vanderbilt men's basketball coach, Jerry Stackhouse. Former UConn men's basketball coach, Kevin Ollie. Pistons assistant, Jerome Allen. Pistons assistant, Rex Calamian. Hey, that's, former, that's the Jerry Stackhouse? Yes, and former Celtics coach. I didn't realize he coached at Vanderbilt. Okay. These people all interviewed for the head coaching job with the Detroit Pistons. Aguna. That would be cool if Jerry Stackhouse got that job. You know, I think yeah, that that would be. There's a problem going from college football, I mean, college basketball to the NBA, just like, you know, college football to the NFL. You know, you rarely yeah, see. Yeah, I mean, but he also, he's also a former player, right? So, I mean, it's kind of like, yeah, you know. Most of them are former players, but you rarely see any type of serious success when you see a college so, coach. Well, I mean, I'm talking about former player at that level. You know, yeah, I mean, some of these um, NFL coaches do coach in college, then go to the pros, you know. But, I mean, it's not, you know, again – yeah, I watched him play. And so now he's at the age where, okay, you know, there's a natural progression of things where, you know, he taught at the college level, he coached at the college level, so maybe he's ready to coach at the pro level. I mean, I think that's a natural progression. You know, what resources you have and the circumstances are one thing, but, you know, I think part of this shows growth. All right, Aguna, whatever. 
I don't agree with that. Let me move on. Well, I mean, you, you just jump from a, a off the street to a coaching job in the NBA, not from a college coach to the NBA. Well, we see yeah, what so happened. Where, where would you get a coach from if you're not coming from college or some other? You don't have a stepping stone. You're just you gonna. Them, you, the stepping stone is usually these coaches for these professional sports were assistant coaches for the professional sports, and they moved a lateral move as opposed to that type of big jump. So, 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 Stackhouse goes as an assistant coach. The Oregon Ducks coach who left the Oregon. And if the, I mean, the uh, foot college football came to Philadelphia Eagles, he didn't do that well. He went back to the Ducks or whoever. Yeah, I mean, that's a matter of opinion. Oh, you thought because he did great? you you can say he didn't do well, but he only had one losing season in Philadelphia of the three he was here. He and made the playoffs his first good. year. Okay, and you and think he, that and he great. missed the playoffs the next year, um, even though he had a ten and six record. He didn't do bad. I mean, he just wasn't. I, I think part of it was he, um, you know, you know he, he tried to do college things at the pro level. He had to deal with egos and big contracts and all that stuff versus being used to at college just dealing with the talent. So I think My you know. Point exactly. Thank but, you. But it, but but look at look at the track record. He had a he had one of the highest matter. winning percentages. It doesn't matter. It doesn't All right, matter. so wins and losses don't matter. It doesn't matter when you're trying to make that leap and make adjustments. Sometimes you know it would probably have been better for him to be maybe first a defensive coordinator or offensive coordinator and then wow. assistant coach and then go into that head coaching spot because, like you said. There's politics within that head coaching position, and you have to. Understand. Yeah, but I mean, look at all the guys that did that and did and weren't as successful as Chip Kelly. I mean, there there are people that have been assistant coaches and all those things. You still don't guarantee that it's a, you make the transition. I just think a lot of it's circumstantial. I think, and I do think, I give Chip Kelly credit because without Chip Kelly, we wouldn't um, we wouldn't have won a Super Bowl. He brought in Lane Johnson. He brought in a lot of these guys that, you know, contributed big time later on when the Eagles made their run. So he knew what he was doing to a certain degree. I don't think he was just very popular with the fans and eventually the players. Okay. So, uh, Stephen, did you have a comment before I move on to these other teams? Uh, n- no. I um, Aguna said it all. He said it quite well. And don't be, I don't don't have be agreeing any. with Aguna. Because in, in five more no. minutes, you're going to be probably calling them all. No, no, no. no. Okay, Stacy. Stacy, I'm going to agree with you on this point. Because oh, no. I retract, my, I re- I retract the, the part where I was uh, back, in, back in Agoon. I'm going to back you uh, now. Man, no, I, really do, do, I don't, have, I don't have enough information <laughs> to give you a, a really good breakdown of this, of this thing. If I don't, then I don't want to – I don't have any – I'd rather talk about hockey. And when it comes okay. to my time. Okay, so let's go back to the screen. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks, they're looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight candidates with Nick Nurse, Charles Lee, James Borrego, Borrego Kenny Atkinson, Adrian Griffin, uh, Scott Brooks, Mark Jackson, and Chris Quinn. Then the Sixers is look. They're looking at former Bucks coach Mike Budden, Bud, Buddenholzer, Sam Cassell, Mike D'Antoni, 
Frank Vogel and Monty Williams and Nick Nurse. Aguna. Yeah, the Phoenix. name that jumps out. Don't the, the, the names that jump out at you? Sam Cassell just jumps out at you, right? He's so it's like, yeah, he's also a former player, right? Uh, Mike D'Antoni is former Rockets and Suns coach. Uh, Frank yeah. Vogel is former Lakers and Pacers coach. Mike Buddenholzer is former Bucks coach. Um, former Suns coach Monty Williams and former Raptors coach Nick Nurse. Out of all of them, I like Nick Nurse or Sam Cassell. Uh. Yeah, because, you know, a lot of times with these coaching jobs, a lot of it has to do with name recognition. A lot of it has to do with, because, I mean, hey, yeah, you got to have the skills and capability to coach at that level. But then there's also the star power associated with the name, right? Players, you know, I think these these guys grew up watching a lot of these players that are vying for these head coaching jobs. And so there's a certain level of respect and command you can have in the locker room if based on the fact that you've been there and done that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But um, I, I do I do like Sam Cassell just based on the name recognition as well. But, you know, a lot of times that's not enough. But it just for the, in these circumstances, it looks pretty intriguing. So for Toronto Raptors, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, eleven, people they're interviewing, one of which is the WNBA's Las Vegas H coach, Becky Hammond. They're looking to put a woman in. Let's start with Steven as the head coach for the Toronto Raptors. How do you think that's going to work, Steven? No, that's not going to work. That's, that's not going to work at all. I mean, I think a head coach for a professional team, they're not ready for a woman yet. I, I, maybe if she's so much better than everybody else and she can prove that she's so much better than everybody else, maybe. But I think that these men will respond more to a man than to her. But if she can prove that she has so much more ability than they do, then she should be the coach. I don't know. How do you, how do you, how do you do that? I, I, I have no idea. I, I don't have no think, idea how you, I, you know, I'm pro woman. I'm a woman. However, I don't think she is, I don't think this is the time for women in men's head coaching NBA just because. Yeah, I that's what I'm saying. But I feel kind of bad um, seeing it. I think that. You yeah, should. Y'all are being very misogynistic. Shame on both of you. No, I feel yeah, kind right. of bad seeing it, but Stacey, I, I understand the point. we're being very real. We're being very yeah. honest. I think she can Shame do the job you. better. I think she can do the job better than all of those other candidates. She could probably do the job better, 10 times better, but because she's a woman, they're not going to bring her in there. And if she is a woman, it's going to take some time for them to uh, give her the respect that she's due. Um, it's going to take her some time the to, players. you know, the players and the staff and the assistant coaches. Exactly. And the, and the right. conditioning coaches and, you know, the so She should be an staff. assistant, right? She should be an I assistant mean, first. Yeah. Yes. Come in like yes. everybody else. Yes. But maybe she's not, not because she's been a head coach for a professional. She wasn't a head coach for a college. But was it for women? Team. Was she a professional woman? Yes. And you have to come in at some that, point. That doesn't count. I don't think um, now is the time because, unfortunately, like all you men on this show, you guys are a little sexist. Ooh. We're not sexist. Uh, oh, yeah. We're speak for, speak for Keith. We're realists. 
That's key. Truth hurts. We're not sexist. None of us are sexist. Let's move on to the Washington (laughs) Wizards. This is Steven's team. They interviewed two people. um, We got to put that on me, Stacey. And Trajan Langdon, huh? Why you got to put that on me? Because that's your team. Stacey. Put it it on us. What what you saying? (laughs) Why do you put it on me like that? They can't win a game. I, I got other teams that I root for. I can't root for people who can't ever win at all. <laughs> well, that means you won't be rooting. I mean, if you take it like that, I think that's a wrong attitude because the Philadelphia teams couldn't win forever. And like Aguna said, we're always a bridesmaid, never the bride, but we're still rooting for our team. We don't stop rooting Aguna for Aguna has Flyers, been the bride many Sixers, times lately. Aguna has been the Flyers, bride many Sixers, times. The Phillies. The um, never uh, caught the bouquet. The Eagles. <laughs> who else? Wait, who, who's the soccer team? The Union. We never stop rooting yeah. for all of our teams. The Stars. The Stars. We never stop rooting the USFL. for them. Just they don't win. <laughs> yeah, what but what is it? Not USFL, but the other league that's doing well up in Washington. What what league is that? The is that the XFL, the Defenders, or something like that? Is that? Yeah, the Defenders. That's it. Yeah, so they've done well. Did they end up winning at all? Because I, I haven't heard anything about them in a while. Maybe it's over. That should tell you something, because I haven't right. either. And I haven't necessarily haven't, looked yeah. either. But if that's the best that Washington can do, then I'm rooting for them like that. But, I mean, it's been a hundred, about 100 years since the Redskins been to the playoffs. 150 years since he's been to the Super Bowl. It's been a long time. So it's hard to root for a team like that that has bad coaches. And we just got rid of a really bad owner. Maybe everything will change now. Maybe the karma karma will get good and we'll start winning and we'll start having things happen. But I don't think for some reason that owner, Dan, we won't say his entire name, there was something wrong with him. Um, I don't know what it was, but I heard when I was young, when he bought the team, when I was a young man, that he really wanted success for his team because he's a real fan. And a real fan with real money bought this team, and he's going to make it something. And he never did. So maybe now we'll have something that we can root for. But it's been really, really rough. And it's been a lot rougher than it has been in Philly or Dallas or New York or anywhere, I think. I think the the Washington team has had a – big beat down and it's it's time for a bounce back and we will win the division this year bank on it That's <laughs> yeah, north in a hundred years to winning the division next year <laughs> i'll bet i'll put three dollars on us winning the division and with the odds i'm getting that could that could pay a mortgage payment, probably. Okay, so I'm going to move on to us. I've been waiting for, and I think he's been waiting, but Keith has been, I don't know what Keith is doing. He's going in and out, in and out. It's very distracting, Keith, for you to go in and out, in and out. Stay in or stay out. Which is it? <laughs> well, I got to feel like I'm part of the conversation. I don't yet, but go ahead. Okay, you brought this story to me about the L.A. Dodgers. Do you want to talk about it? Oh, yeah, that, uh, you know, again, and I I guess Todd's going to come on it when I start. Because, you know, I'm not in favor of uh, 
these gay pride and gay and uh, drag queen nonsense, because that kind of stuff is what exactly. Well, I won't say that, but, you know, the LGBT agenda is really attacking American culture and trying to change it. I mean, I really that's my uh, perspective on this, because uh, why not celebrate American pride? You see, I'm discriminated against because I don't agree with gay, with the homosexual lifestyle. So they discriminate against me. I would not be allowed in certain venues that they would be allowed in. Okay, so people like me who uh, agree with me and uh, believe like me, we would not be, we would be ex excluded. See, but the American experience, being an American is better to hold that flag up proudly Okay. All right, Keith. Uh, I'm sorry so you can't go on a diatribe. You have to make a point. Well, that's my point. My point is they discriminate. They're doing the very same things that they accuse those uh, on our side who disagree with them. They okay, are but you're not talking about, okay, uh, Keith, you're not talking what? about what happened. Nobody knows from what you just said, what okay. happened with the LA Dodgers. That's what the article was about. And you said nothing about what happened with the L.A. Dodgers. Well, with the L.A. Dodgers, the uh, a gay pride event is to be celebrated, uh, I guess, during one of the games or something. That's all. And uh, the Dodgers invited them. First, they invited them in and then they uh, excluded them, said no, because they got pressure from the Catholic uh, Church because uh, the gay, uh, the uh, transgender um, men were dressing up like nuns and, uh, you know, parading themselves like nuns. And uh, that's an insult to the uh, Catholic uh, religion. So that's basically what happened. Keith, how you, that's, that's in the article, and, I'm, and I apologize because I did not read it, but that's actually in that article that they were going around doing that? Yes. Well, I've, I've got the article up here on the screen, so let me... Um... I got it here, New York Times. Does it show the Dodgers face backlash after rescinding Pride Night invitation, saying they did not want to distract from the event. The Dodgers announced that the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence would not attend. Now other groups are pulling out. So let's see. This was by Scott Miller on May 18th, 2023 in the New York Times. Do you have a picture of the, uh, of the sisters? Wait a minute, I'm looking. That's why they call themselves sisters. They're men, but drag what? queens. Yes, even they're men. They're drag queens. And they call themselves sisters? That doesn't make any sense, Keith. Are you making that up? Nope. If she can find how a can picture. They call them? Yeah. Oh, look how they are getting So what would they this. pick on the oh, oh, here it is. Pick on it Catholic is right here. religion? There it is right here. Wow. Here's a picture right here. There it is right there. Oh my gosh. There okay. Right so there. I mean there it is right there. Yeah. There it is right there. Why do you keep repeating yourself? Because I'm trying to uh, get a response from you all. Well, here's a well, okay, well <laughs> Todd, do you want to comment on this? Or who you wanna who who you wanna comment no. on this? No, no. what you to. mean, Todd? Todd doesn't determine who Todd, comments. Todd is, Todd is going no, to no, Keith, Keith called Todd out. Keith talk, called Todd out specifically when he was talking about his comments. I didn't know if he wanted to respond to, to, respond to that. He will. Todd, right. you yeah. can't control Todd. Oh, God. No, you can't. Lord, We're not going to try. 
Okay, am I going to speak now? Not on Earth. We don't know. We don't know. Okay, Are you? go ahead, Aguna. You go because the, the I mean, I, you know, so part of me, look, I, I know that the Dodgers. I mean, I don't know. They are independent. They are privately owned, so they can kind of decide what they want to do and face the repercussions based on what they're doing, right? So I know we all try to politicize these type of things. I, I mean, my whole thing is this: I just want to be left alone, right? I think you know. You, Keith, you alluded to in America, you can express yourself, you have freedom of opinions and all these other different things. And I get that you don't want to be attacked or feel, but it's almost like a tit for tat type of thing. You're saying that you are persecuted against and you can't say these things, can't say these things. You can say whatever you want. I mean, and the thing is, you can say what you want, but if there are ramifications to what you say, you can't be mad at the, you have to be accountable. Um, so, and if you're saying that the accountability aspect is swung to this other side that you're against, I mean, I, you still have the free choice of deciding what you want to do, where you want to live and all these other things. So it's almost like, are you whining about some other group that's getting a little bit more attention than you? Or do you, are you really concerned that your freedoms are being taken away? And I would argue oh. to the latter because I don't, I, I have no problem with the gay community because I don't, I don't indulge. I mean, if they want to choose whether I agree with them or not, I don't, I don't, they don't keep me up at night trying to worry about what they're doing or how they're impacting me. It just does not, it's not top of mind in my house or in my, in my circles and my friends. I'm not sitting here losing sleep on what the gay community is doing. And as long as I do that, I don't really feel impacted by all this stuff. If the Dodgers want to do what they want to do, fine. All right. Yes. The gay community did a backlash. So be it. But at the end of the day, that's not something that I'm talking about at my kitchen table. Okay, That's so right. if you look at this picture, and then Stephen, and then we'll bring in Todd. If you look at this picture, it says, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence describe their organization as a leading edge order of queer and trans nuns. And what was happening with the Dodgers is, <laughs> the Dodgers... Hey, I mean Wait, wait, I, I can see. Stop. I can see why the Dodgers don't Aguna. want to entertain this, though. Aguna. Aguna, okay. Stop. I'm, I was okay. 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 Sorry. Sorry. That it would no longer honor the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence with its Community Hero Award in a pregame ceremony that evening, effectively disinviting the charity protest and street performance organization that employs humor and religious imagery to call attention to sexual intolerance. So the Dodgers were going to honor them with a community hero award. And then ahead of that happening, they disinvited that group. Steven, mm -hmm. should they have done that? Absolutely. This is ridiculous. You know, Anything adults want to do, I know everybody on the show, I'm not going to speak, I guess I can't speak for everybody, just for myself. Anything adults want to do, I don't care. But, you know, this show they're putting on and this, you know, you're putting down the nuns and stuff. If you want to do that and you want to have a big show somewhere that I can go to that I don't have to go to, that's fine. Just do your thing. But this, your place at a baseball game, you got little kids here at a baseball game. 
And I don't think kids should be exposed to something like this, like nuns having strap-ons or whatever they're doing. Nothing's cool about this. I like humor. I like people that are different. I like people who are theatrical. I like everybody. I don't like uh, Guna. You know, I love everybody. Like you were saying, I don't care what anybody does. But there's, there's kids around, and that's what they're saying about in school and things like that. Don't bring this crap around children. It's fine. You do what you want to do. I, I, I love I love any kind of performance. It's fine with me. Whatever people want to do is cool. But don't involve the kids. And there's look, uh, a third of the people there are kids, half the people. I don't know how many kids go to games anymore. But it's just it's just kind of funky okay. because just the, let's keep something. Let's have something pure. You know, let's not make fun of people's religions either. That's just not cool. If you're going to do it, do it theatrically okay. somewhere where people can pay to go see it. Okay, thank you, Cousin Todd. I have no comment. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm sorry, Todd. I had to laugh at that one. No comment. Boy, I tell you. See, once again. Well, I did that earlier, though. I didn't have a comment about something I couldn't speak about that I didn't know about. So I understand well, Todd saying, he, he said, I don't know anything about this crap. I ain't got no comment. He also said, I, get you, I never said, I don't say, know anything about this. Don't this put words in my mouth. No, I was, a, I was a casting expert. This is what's bringing down the civil society. It's destroying well, our. I, I don't because know about that. Oh, but it is. I do know if, if you look at this screen. I know it. Or we have evidence it. in the Bible. That's what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah with their kind of uh, antics. It's not showing, but uh, this, it for uh, this person's nails looked really, really nice. You know, God destroyed okay. when they stopped at LGBT because I could remember that. When they put extra letters, I cannot remember it. I can remember LGBT. That was the good old days. I can't remember 17 letters. Okay, there. See, these are the nuns of perpetual indulgence, and they came up with this to bring awareness to people who are intolerant of people who, who cross-dress and, and who are part of the LBGTQ plus community. And I was just saying that the nails look really nice right there. They see, that's oh, not bringing that. uh, uh, awareness to intolerance. Well, they... <laughs> What are you talking about? That's what they say, and that's why the Dodgers gave them well, the community award. Not. Yeah, they are they are intoler intolerant of other people's religions. Thank you. They would Thank let you. them do that about Muslims. Let them dress up like uh, Muslims or whatever Islam, and see if they don't get their their heads cut off or something. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They, they can make well, they can make fun of Catholics. Yeah, that's right. All right, so Todd, mm -hmm. um, do you want to talk about? The Florida book ban. There was a book banning in Florida. Can you mm -hmm. talk to that, please? <clears throat> uh, yeah, the um, governor of Florida is a bigoted, ignorant lady boy who um, loves culture wars, and he thinks that's going to win him the presidential election. Um, funny thing is, the only... Uh, books he's banning are books about uh not sex, sex. as 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 steven likes to think no it's, it's books about um like why the cage bird sings 
Well, There's a whole list of books uh, that he's banned, which has nothing to do with sex. Stephen's right. It's about sex. Mm -hmm. And so for him to ban books on, uh, like, Why the Cage Bird Sings, like I was saying, it tells you there's something behind this. Well, what's he the doesn't want, He doesn't want uh, African-American studies taught in school. He doesn't mind Latin studies or European studies. He doesn't or, want charity. Or any other studies, just not Blacks. And so when you have somebody like that, that is blatantly racist. When... Children should be taught, all, like, for example, even somebody like Stephen and Keith were taught about Martin Luther King and uh, Harriet Tugman. And well, not now. You can't be taught anything uh, black, black history in uh, Florida, which not is disgraceful. True. Now, you can, like I said, European studies, he didn't touch that. Why not? It's, no. But it's not true, Todd. Latin, what you're saying is not Latin true. Studies. He didn't touch that. Uh, no, it's it's critical race theory and all the crap they want to bring in. What it's all the woke critical race theory. He's keeping the woke crap mean? out of school. Even what is critical race theory? What is that? I hear that. I gotta hear this. How many? How many books did what the left ban? Critical race. How many books did the left ban in the last three years? How many books? So he doesn't know what critical race theory is. Well, here's, but he's heard white Republicans say that over and over again. Excuse me, I'm showing you my screen. Excuse me. If you look at this screen, I'm sharing it. Open America files lawsuit against Florida school district over unconstitutional book bans. The lawsuit was joined by Penguin Random House Publishing. Parents and authors asserts that Escambia County School Board unlawfully removes or restricts access to books about race, racism, and LGBTQ identities. And here are some of the books that they're defending in court. If I can make this bigger, I would like to read what it says. Uncle Bobby's Wedding. <laughs> when a, a DT became a brother. Oh, two boy. boys kissing. That's BS. Out of darkness, all boys right. aren't blue. You heard it, Aguna, and you're a father, so watch out. <laughs> two boys and, you know, so here, too bright, here, okay. uh, and too bright to see. No. These are the books. This that is my they were position banning. on this, and, and you're right, Keith. I am a father, and I do have strong opinions about what my kids can and can't read and all that. But as a parent, here's the thing. Do you think actually by banning these books in school, again, if we're going to talk about banning books in school, we're talking about censorship. We're talking about all these other things. We're talking about overreach of government. We got to be very careful when people start telling us what to learn and what's right, what's wrong, because I'm emotionally feel some kind of way or uncomfortable about conversations about race and sexuality. Yeah. I mean, there may be some debate around what age it sometimes you should, these kids should be exposed to these conversations. I get that. But, you know, if you're going to do that, ban everything on social media, ban everything on television, ban everything that's going on 
on the things that really influence our kids outside. I mean, do you actually think that the school is the only thing where these kids get exposed to these conversations and what's happening right now? And for DeSantis to make this an issue, make a non-issue an issue, throwing down terms like woke and critical race theory, not even knowing how to define what critical race theory really means, which is based on libertarian principles around overreach of government and how if government's unchecked, they can break us apart based on racial divines or racial influences. That's not, that, that is, you know, having that conversation is not indoctrination. All right. It's, it's actually when, you, when government in particular tries to tell you what to learn, where to learn it and how to learn it, you think that's a bigger threat than the actual exposure to those books. I get it. Some of those conversations make me uncomfortable. I may not want my kid to be exposed to that. Great. Exactly. Right. Have a conversation about that. Let's not let the government come in there and tell us what to learn. Because, again, they don't want you to learn about Harriet Tubman. Really? They, they don't care about learning about Harriet Tubman. Uh, Nobody they, said you couldn't learn they, about they, Harriet they Tubman. Listen, what you're listen, saying is not Steven, true. I mean, Steven, Nobody said they don't want them to learn about Harriet Tubman. Not, what you're, you're saying is a lie. Aguna. Retract your statement, Aguna. Retract your statement. Nothing. Nobody nobody said Harriet Tubman is not in the agenda. Nobody said that. American programs. Why is it only the African American programs that that he has issue with? Not Asian studies. African American studies. Because it's a it's being pushed by the Marxist left, and they're pushing trying to push an agenda through schools to brainwash children. That's okay, why they're not against you, anything you, from any other race. Answer the it's question. only it's that race because it's the that race is being used. So One at a time, Asian? people can't so hear you they're, all. They're doing it for Asian studies. They're not pushing the left isn't pushing it for Asian studies. It's only no, because there's no studies. reason. Because they're not trying to to, to tell lies and to override what what what, 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 what you are saying common makes sense. No sense. So it's only African-American studies. It's not Asian studies. Yes, because they're using African-Americans as they do to divide. This is part of the big divide. This is how they continue the divide against people. I want our listeners to listen to this. This is what we need to be Listen to this is what Stephen is saying. Right. He as a white man is saying that African-American studies is being somehow used by the critic, by the leftists to push some type of agenda that he's No, not it's not African-American studies, which actual African-Americans do, blah, blah, blah. What it is, is they want to push no, lies. No, 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 blah, That's blah, blah, not blah. true. They want to push non-truth and call it the truth. Like what? That's what critical race like theory what? is. Like what? That's, they, not, that's your opinion of what it is. That's not no, what it's I, not anybody. It's not my opinion. Example. It's the absolute factual things I'll that has known to have happened. Give me an okay, example. All right. A Excuse me. Example, which is it's not, it's not my opinion that Jesus okay. was on earth. Jesus was here. Uh, that's not okay. what we're talking about, Stephen. But I mean, yeah. in general, yeah. these, are, these are facts. He's giving you an example, Guna. A critical race theory? Wait, what do you mean? Stacy then went crazy. Instead of Stacy saying, Give him a specific about what you're talking about. She just said, hey, he give you a pin. Give pin. No, what is critical no, I, race theory? He knows what critical no, race that's theory not what is. I was saying. Give me an example of something from critical race theory. Critical race theory wants to push, wants that's to push the saying. fact that the black. You're not going to talk over me. I'm tired of you all talking over me. That's not what I was saying. 
Stephen made a comment, and I was saying, I think he was saying an example of what Aguna was talking about him. Jesus. He wasn't That's talking he about did not. Jesus. He, okay, but he, whether look, whether he actually did it or not. Sure, that's what that's the listeners want to hear. But my that's point what the listeners want to hear. We want to see if you know what you're talking about, Stephen. But and go, you don't. go ahead. Um, who was going, Stephen or Stephen? Tell us about example of critical race theory. Go ahead. What they're trying to what they're trying to do is create critical race, race theory and say that that there's a, there's a group of people in this country that are downtrodden and they'll never be they'll never that's be up true. because they're being held down by the by the uh, white people and white people have all this privilege. And that's what critical race theory is. It's not a libertarian not thought. It's not that's anything not you said like that. What it is, is it's, it's a Marxist thing to divide this country. That's all it does, to divide the people. And why do y'all push the division of this country instead of the unification of all of us? Why do you want to push critical race theory? We all know the history of black people and how wonderful and rich really? it is in this country. Why do you want to say that white people are so bad Black people are so good. Indians are so good. What you're doing is you're creating a division, and that doesn't need to be there. I think by sweeping it under the rug creates division. Nobody's sweeping anything under the rug. Nobody's sweeping anything under the rug. You can't even have no, no, and no, because at the time, Aguna, at the time, this is how it was. It's not because no critical race theory says that white people are dangerous. They're not good people. They hate black people. They're racist. This is what critical race theory teaches. That's not true. And the black people are not victims. Did redlining happen or didn't it? Did redlining happen? Yes or no? And Aguna, after this, I'm stop stopped. asking the questions and then bring in Todd. Todd. No, I asked a simple question to Stephen. Did redlining happen, yes or no? Redlining. What is redlining? When you put your eye makeup on? See, yeah, avoid the okay. question because you don't I don't know. know the question. What the hell is redlining? I redline when I race my car happen, and the yes red line no. goes over. It completely over your head and you just showed our viewers that you What is redlining? you know anybody, do y'all know what redlining is? Yes, ma'am. We What is redlining? No, he's trying to explain it. I'm not trying to deflect I don't know what it means. Exactly. Okay. So you don't know what critical race theory means. Wait a minute. What is redlining? I'll Todd's going to say it. Let Todd say it. No, no, it. no. Let Todd. Keith say it. Keith said he knows it. What is redlining? Okay. Ahead, let Keith. Well, let Keith answer it. because Keith, don't think what is redlining? I want to answer it uh, with also my uh, other answers. Anyway, redlining is just when they uh, say that blacks, you know, they have a uh, limit as to where blacks can uh, purchase homes and so forth. That's one example of redlining. If I uh, go to California and in California, they say, you can't live in this neighborhood because no blacks are allowed. That's part that's, of redlining. That hasn't been like no. that since the 50s. Yeah, exactly. Well, let me, what let are we talking there. about redlining? I think, you're, I think you're, 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 but see. I'll say this. Again. I wanna, uh, that's good. That's good that you said that. Hold on. That's hold good on, that you I, said that. I'm glad you said that, Stephen. It hasn't been like that since the 50s. Right. Why are we talking about redlining now? now? Conversation. No, let's Let not. me answer. Uh... It's not like that anymore. It happened in the 50s. But because of what happened with redlining and restricting where African Americans could live, that had a direct impact on wealth in this country as far as access to resources, schools, and things like that, that eventually cascaded down into 
division of class and economic social That's issues. Called now African American start- studies, dumb dumb. Yes, no, what you could have done, what you could have done, a lot of people regret. Why is a lot of people didn't didn't do their own thing? Well, let me, let me a lot finish. of black people just took what happened and didn't do their own let thing, let which they should have. My point is, by at least acknowledging that it existed, we can start having a conversation and start healing. It's not about making you feel guilty. It's about acknowledging the past so we can avoid that. Because at the I'll end of never the day, feel guilty. Let me finish. I'll let never me feel guilty. At, at the end, again, you did because you were like, oh, no, 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 people are bad about people. Listen. Because redlining happened, and that impacted social economic conditions in this country, right? You fast forward to today, where you know you want to make sure that you check government. Again, this is a libertarian principle. The government enabled redlining to happen. So critical race theory, acknowledging that the government, if unchecked, can be a threat to our society, is should not be a threat to you. It, it should it should undermining a lot, it should undermine a lot. Critical race theory is actually based on conservative principles. But you so seventy, you so seventy years later, again, seventy years later, what are you talking about? Left conspiracy. Seventy years ago, if there was redlining, why do we do we still redline? I apologize if you're unable to. Do we still do we still redline? Do we still redline? Able to have this conversation. Who redlined? It was seventy years ago. It went completely over your head. I get it. It went completely over your head. Okay. Stacy, right. let me speak also. So, I didn't speak on this. No, I, I think Stephen spoke to, enough. I think that our our listeners now understand that you don't know what the hell you're talking about, Stephen. It was beautiful. Who talk, Who knows Redline? Exactly. Up. Okay. The same person that doesn't right. know what critical race theory means. I know what okay. critical race theory does. Critical race Aguna theory. and Stephen, please let Todd go. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Todd. The let floor me is go. yours. Okay. My point is proven. You get so, smoked again. Your point is stupid. <laughs> oh, that's very how, how they're not your point is stupid. It. Something 70 years ago. You don't understand it. Yeah, it's no, stupid. I, don't. I would say the same thing if I had nothing to say. Okay. I, I don't understand me. it now. You all were supposed Clearly. to let Todd go and you go didn't. ahead, Todd. Sorry. No. We're trying to <laughs> I'm gonna try one more time. Um to follow up on what Aguna was saying about redlining and the fact that Stephen didn't know what that meant tells me you need to do your research. Mm-hmm. Um, when you say, oh, that was way back then. Now, that's not true that it was way back then. And But, but let me just focus on that. Remember the um, floods in Louisiana? Uh, how all those blacks got flooded out. That's because that's what they were designated to. They could not live anywhere except the low-lying areas. So you see what happened because they were forced to live there? So, uh, but when you say that's over because that was then and this is now, how many times have you seen uh, no vacancies for blacks And I saw this one on TV. This was just two years ago. No, it was before the pandemic. It was three years ago where um, a black person was going to rent an apartment and the white landlord said there was no vacancy. And he sent his white friend to the same apartment, which all of a sudden there was vacancies. So that still happens. 
Uh, that's another way of redlining. So, uh, but that's still to happening. To, to get back to, of course, okay. that still happens. Still, it won't happen to you, white boy. Uh, well, yep. I take that back. <laughs> They'll take one look at you and say no vacancy. But to get back to DeSantis and this this lie about critical race theory, this is what Trump supporters do. They mix that in with African-American studies. African-American studies has nothing to do with critical race theory. But you lump that in with it because you don't know any better. And you on the dark web and you believe what they say. So African-American studies, which have been taught for years and years, DeSantis doesn't want it taught, yet you can teach everything but European studies is fine. Why is that? That's not a question for you. I'm yeah. just putting that can out I, there. Uh, Stacey, can I make a statement? Bigotry is why. Go ahead. I want to answer Aguna's question and I want to answer Todd's. I've got to move on. All right. Here it is. Here it is, Stephen. Three points. Stephen will agree with me on this. Critical race is based is based on the 1619 project by a professor. It is not based on that. That is not true. That true. the critical race theory was taught let long before she wrote that book. Let's let just let exactly. him talk. Yeah. Even if you don't agree, just let no. him talk. That's Her. not true. That's not true, man. You're, you're just let him talk. Let Keith talk. Critical race theory was taught in the 70s, dumb dumb. Let Keith talk. We, it doesn't matter if it was taught in the 70s. He's talking about the 1600s. Go no, ahead, Keith. He's talking about a book That's the name of the book. Keith, Keith please continue. Todd, out. stop. Hey, Todd, stop. Hey, please. Okay, let, okay you got to let Keith. Let you Keith go. Really quickly. I'm trying. Simply and quickly. I am trying. I am trying. If you let me get through these three points quickly, I can do it. If you just, then you make your uh, lying statements. All, All right. right. Let's look at the, the uh, 1619 project was about the, the idea that uh, slaves were brought into the country and slavery was the, the founding principle of America, that it was based on slavery. That's why they get the idea that the country was built by slaves built by uh, black slaves. And then the idea also of three-fifths human, the, that blacks were three-fifths of a person, that in the Constitution, that's Article uh, One of the Constitution, which is a lie, another lie. And then another lie, that uh, the Constitution excluded blacks. That's another lie. It did not exclude blacks. There were men who excluded blacks. They were leaders, and they were Democrats. But it okay. wasn't. What's your other point, Keith? And the final one is that that uh, America is a systemically racist country. All of these are ideas that are taught and promulgated in the CRT curriculum, and they have to go. So um, let me ask you something. I'll just don't ask that. him anything, Aguna. I don't have time. If there's no sustain. Did, did Jim Crow exist? Yeah, and it was it was from the Democrats put Jim Crow out there. Okay, the I Democrats. Isn't that I got to share the screen, and then we've got Isn't that systemic on the racism. Well, wait, but wait, Democrats wait. or Republican? I don't care. It's for systemic, right? 
for the last 50 years, we've had affirmative action. That takes care of any red lines or red linings or whatever. 50 50 years of affirmative action wiped out whatever red line you want to talk about. Look, you're just okay. trying to break your own excuse record and sounding crazy. No, and it's just me. destroyed if our country. If you look at country. the screen that I have, excuse just, me, just if you look at the screen that I have up, it says Florida sued for redistricting Chinese citizens, other foreigners from, from restricting, I'm sorry, Chinese citizens and other foreigners from buying property. And then Elon, this is AP, this is Associated Press News.com. Elon Musk, Elon Musk's historic Twitter event with Ron DeSantis struggles with technical glitches. They said, as Florida Governor Ron DeSantis announced his run for president, it started off with technical glitches and near half hour delay. Mm. And that was today, not they put Tuesday. It didn't happen Tuesday. It happened can't today. launch his campaign. Unless it happened yesterday. He can run the country. <laughs> so um I want to move on to the debt ceiling, but I have Nas on Nas. What comment did you want to make? Oh, he's gone. I lost him. Okay. States, can no, I say real quick about that? What you just talked about? No, you cannot. We're not Elon Elon is MAGA. That's why okay. Elon did that to oh, to, to take out DeSantis. Elon is yeah. Elon is Magna. I just want to say this because you have to have some rebuttal for that nonsense that was just spewed about the 1619 Project, which that book just came out maybe four or five years ago. And they were teaching critical race theory in the 70s. So that. that has nothing to do with the 1619 Project, a book a girl wrote. That That's just how stupid these people that's are. And they just attach anything. And so, and so uh, that book has nothing to do with critical race theory. They were teaching this and they don't teach this in elementary school or middle school or high school or colleges. They teach it in law school. So the nonsense that Stephen and Keith are spewing, they don't want to teach that. They have never, ever taught that in school, only in law school. I mean, why they teach, why they teach you? Why the they tell lies in law school? To, to teach the lawyers okay, how to lie. Todd, Nas, you want the government to indoctrinate you and tell you what to do. I'm older than you guys, and I do remember it. You're talking about the DeSantis book yeah, thing? Well, they were talking about the Florida ban, book ban that spilled over into Governor DeSantis's announcement for his presidential bid. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think we all kind of knew this was coming uh, because you don't go to war with Disney unless you don't plan on staying in Florida long term. So I think we always knew he was going to run. I think people are going to be really surprised when they find out outside of the culture war stuff. Like you put him on stage with Trump, like it's going to look real bad for him. Like he's not a really good speaker. He yeah. tends to get away with like telling reporters to be quiet and speaking over them and really not getting into details. But he doesn't have the personality to carry that off like Trump does. So I, I don't think this is going to go well for him. Probably going to make some money off it and everything else. But besides that, I this is an ill-advised move by him. But uh, 
the, as yeah. far as the restricting things, as far as you know, Chinese immigrants and things like that, that doesn't surprise me. They're really riding the wave of anger and racism. And if they can placate to these people without actually giving them policy, then you know they can take advantage of. Them. But of course, that's not going to stand. All that stuff is going to be overturned. And what they've done in the schools is really going to be a problem because not only are you going to force some, it's going to be a brain drain. Not only are some of the top, you know, Florida high school kids, as far as scholars, going to go to school out of state. Some of your young women in Florida are just going to decide uh, they can find a better life elsewhere without restrictions on, you know, abortion or the idea of immigrants being a bad thing. And then remember, go look at, you know, you can look on TikTok. Like there's a lot of people posting these job sites where, you know, they did these sweeps on the, uh, illegal immigration and now because they were paying people you know below minimum wage and off the books you 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 can't get americans to work for that because americans can't make a living working for that so you know this this is gonna be a disaster that's all i got they can come to california california will accept them okay so i want to look at the we're running out of time but i do want to go over the debt ceiling um, let me share my screen. It looks as if they're going to lose. They're going to leave DC for the Memorial Day weekend without coming to an agreement. The Dems put back back push to force vote on debt ceiling, written by Aris Foley and Sylvan Lane on May twenty fourth, seven o three p.m. Eastern Standard Time, a little bit over an hour ago in thehill.com. It states that House Democrats of all stripes signed onto a discharge petition as part of a bid to force a vote on legislation to hike the debt ceiling to stab off a default. However, Democrats would need the backing of at least five House Republicans for the effort to be successful. If a majority of the lower chamber backs the effort, Democrats could force a vote on legislation to lift the debt ceilings. They said they're five signatures away. Do you think they'll be able to get those signatures, Keith? Well, they may, uh, but I would say one thing for sure, the Republicans had better hold out. I think they should hold, they've already got the, um, you know, They've already got the the cuts that they, you know, in place that they want to have. All they have to do is hold out because uh, they need to stop the spending. And that's what the Republicans are saying. Uh, they're not afraid to raise the debt ceiling, but they just said stop the spending in certain areas. And they've got it all all worked out. This time I say the Republicans are ready. They just need to hold out. And uh, by the way, I just want to say the only book I say, bring all books back into the classroom including this book, the one book that will cancel out all books, the Bible. Anyway, go. And now if it makes you feel bad about yourself and feel guilty. I feel like Keith is a media creation for this show. This exactly. is not a real person. Sir, you are an actor. There's, there's no way oh, to yeah. think about it. I, Wait, I don't Why am I an actor? Because I hold up the Bible? I mean... If you think about it, the, uh, the I mean, you can't be serious about what you just said about the Republicans and the cuts. Oh. I mean, because you 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 didn't say one cut that you agree with. Yes, there should be cuts. Cut. Okay. Well, what? 
stop giving money to Ukraine. One. Okay, about and that's point oh 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 one oh, oh, percent. You cut that stop point oh 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 one percent. Stop giving okay. money to oh, 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 two percent. Okay. <laughs> so if we look at this article, if we look at this article again, major cuts at all. If we look at this article again, it says that major Democrats face a tough challenge in trying to round up the necessary GOP backing for the plan, particularly as the party locks arms, the Republican party locks arms behind Speaker Kevin McCarthy amid tense debt limit negotiations with the House. Brian Fitzpatrick of Pennsylvania Republicans said, we're not even close to anything like that. So the question is, if they're no longer close, are they gonna do basically, Stephen, what Trump told him to do, which was default on the loan. Just hold out, Republicans. Hold out. I don't know. I think I, I got such disinterest in it because the public is not privy to the negotiations. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes. We're not. We're not good enough as just being citizens to know what the what the two sides want to do, what they want to you know give and take, and all that. I think it would be good for we could know. And maybe that they could get like a feel or maybe you know, a poll of what the people kind of want. You know, maybe they could represent us that way. But it's not transparent and it's nothing we can do about it. And it shows you that the fact that we're, we can't be we can't have an insight to their negotiations or anything they're talking about right now. It shows us that we have absolutely no power and they're they're going to make sure and on for all of them there and everybody that, that serves them directly they're going to be okay and how much they can hurt us without us taking pitchforks and fire to them because okay, that's you. that's that's what all of this is about and that's why i don't even want to talk about it because there's nothing we can do about it. republicans democrats are, are working together stacy and yeah. they're going okay, to make so it harder aguna, for all of us fine they should hold out they'll be fine so aguna there's nothing we can do I mean, first thing we can do is educate ourselves on what we're actually talking about. I mean, <laughs> you heard Keith try to quickly say, hey, just hold out because he's not concerned about what they're cutting or what they're talking about cutting. He's just concerned about the dog and the fight at the fight, not the fight and the dog. Hey, just hold out. Take it to the libs kind of thing versus, OK, what are we really trying to do? And in principle, what are we really talking about? We're talking about defaulting on money already spent. This, I mean, it's very irresponsible to talk about spending when you already spent the money that we're talking about paying. That's so not you're true. gonna sit there and I mean, again, I, I know fiscal, I, I know financial economic law and all of that. Some of it is COVID money. Listen, Aguna, some of it's COVID money. Please, please. Some of it's COVID money that hasn't Don't been spent it. yet. It's money that you're not telling the spent. truth. Yes, it is, Stephen. That's how the debt ceiling works. Why are they in debt? Because they spent the money. And they haven't the spent debt it. Ceiling, they, so have, they have, they have said it. they're going to spend it. They Stephen, haven't spent he it. Didn't talk. Stephen, he didn't talk. But he's I'm not telling the truth. He didn't talk. He doesn't he know talk. what he's, he's talking crazy. about. We need to be very specific. He's because lying, if, Stephen. if Stephen is on here running his mouth he's on lying, things he doesn't Stephen. know nothing about. I mean, again, the debt ceiling is to pay off debt. Point blank. You don't talk about cutting spending on money that you've already spent. If you want He's to put lying. together a budget and negotiate that at the time that you're actually going to spend the money, do that. 
We're being very physically unresponsible. Because at the end of the day, if we default on this, again, it's going to impact the U.S. credit rating, full faith in the dollar as the world currency. You don't want to play around with that just because people like Stephen and Keith want to be ideologues. And we don't want to be ideologues. I'm not an ideologue. You got to pay for it. You're going to have to. So you choose not to pay for it. You're only hurting. No, don't, don't. There's money you can pull back that you haven't spent yet. It's still sitting there. It hasn't been spent yet. Aguna, you don't know what you're talking about. That's not true. It is true. Go ahead, Nas. Nas, go ahead. Go ahead, Nas. Stop. I'm tired of this nonsense when people are trying to pretend that they know what they're talking about. Go ahead, Nas. No, no, I'm glad Aguna contributed. So Steven said, well, we don't have a way of knowing they're in cahoots. This is some type of game. It's like, no, you can look up what the senators and congressmen are saying. You can look up articles that are writing about this right now in real time because this is a really big story. Another thing, you can go back to stories from 2010. This is the first, you know, the first time this ever existed where one party decided this was a way to kind of drive a wedge and, and make some political points. So I hear what you're saying, Keith. On its face, it sounds like a good idea. Hey, well, if we cut spending, well, again, I'm going to explain to you the time to do that. The time to do that is during budget uh, discussions, not after you've already spent the money, then you come back and say, well, uh, I, I guess we should make some cuts here. No, this is political gamesmanship at the expense of the American people because ultimately the regular nine to five, are all, those are the people who are going to get hurt the most uh, because the cost of money is going to go up, essentially. It's going to be more expensive for the government to borrow and also the people who own those T-bills, they're going to make a killing because they're going to continue to buy and stash away for later. So the big donors, the people who you were just talking about manipulating the system, those people are going to benefit, man. So I, I have no idea why people keep falling for this. Stacey, let me just say this. Biden. I, I do got to say this, though. <laughs> I, I'm really disappointed in Biden because the idea that you would put your most vulnerable part of your caucus on the table as the, the, the chess piece to negotiate with is disgusting, unethical, and cowardly. Okay, so wait, wait. When you say that, Nas, explain it to people who may not understand what you're saying. Okay, so well, I can help with that because uh, at the end of the day, they're only going to take away. uh, You know, I agree because they're going to they're they're agreeing to certain cuts, and they shouldn't negotiate any further than that. That should be their, you know, the. the, the I mean, they shouldn't agree to any cuts. They should just strictly do a clean bill, up or down on the debt ceiling. They're talking about the Republicans are only targeting things they think Joe Biden. They're only targeting things that they think Joe Biden won. When you say okay, this is not something we should negotiate with. Normally, this is a parliamentary uh, procedure, something that just happens every year. I mean, every few years, you sign a document and you move on. You shouldn't negotiate. But the idea that Biden would say, okay, if we are going to negotiate, these are the things I'm willing to discuss cutting, which are all things that affect the elderly, working class people, children. Uh, you, know, you know, the so-called set-asides for social programs. Those are the things that he's willing to negotiate. So that's where the cowardly angle from Biden on this. Well, but, but here's the thing, Nas, and I don't. I, I see what you're saying about him being cowardly, but I also see a play in this because, again, if he puts those chips on the table and the GOP goes for it, because, again, they're very easy. You're, it's, they, they don't concern – they're only concerned about the fight. 
They don't care about what. Right, right, right. All we need to do is get the Democrats to cut spending, and it's a win for our caucus. Because McCarthy knows that his caucus won't vote any other way, right? So at least he can go back to his caucus and say, hey, we got the Democrats to do something, and there's something very critical and near and dear to them, right? But you think the Democrats are going to turn back around and say, look at this. The Republicans are only willing to raise the debt ceiling, to, to pay for money they already spent if they hurt you more. You know, this, this is going to be used as a political bargaining chip to show that, hey, you know what? If these guys are in power and you continue to go along with this nonsensical cuts, I mean, what do they want to cut? They want to cut student loan relief that Biden pushed through. They want to cut IRS, you know, IRS, you know, what they were doing, tax collecting, all the things that Joe Biden kind of used to kind of win, make big wins. They want to come back and they want him to negotiate on that. So he's going to throw out some red meat. And if they take it, you know, what Joe Biden is banking on and what the Democrats are banking on is that the naivety of the GOP just get a win because ultimately they're going to use this as a tool to rally their troops and to make sure that the GOP doesn't win the presidency or the Congress going forward. So I, if I was a GOP, and, and, and I wouldn't call for that. Big. The budget the following year, they're going to include all of those things and then it'll be another fight. And right. they'll be rallying points from each side. Like, yeah, I, I get your point. Like, there's some strategy to it where it could work, but ultimately, again, it still puts the vulnerable the on the line. Why exactly. use the vulnerable as the uh, the bait? Because you're you, you're negotiating with someone who doesn't care. You're negotiating with someone that's going to do what they want to do. Something just else as a bait. Points. It's like, why would we use Todd as a bait for Stephen and Keith? Well, because they're going to attack him. They always do. You know, yeah, anything LGBTQ related, Keith is going to defer and say, Todd, make a comment on this or something. He's going to do something silly like that. And then Todd's going to check him like he always does. And then Keith is going to try to deflect and say something about <laughs> Biden. And then, you know, then some, Hunter Biden's laptop. And then Steve is going to talk about Benghazi. And then we're going to go right back to the same thing we got to in, in the beginning of the show. But we're no different than Congress and the halls of the administration, you're saying. I mean, pretty much. Right. I mean, except, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be a centralist here, but I can't even be a centralist here. We are different in that we have limits. Hold on. Keith and Stephen said they haven't really looked into this. This is not, you know, something they're really interested in. The Republicans know exactly what they're doing. They figured out in 2010 that this could be used as a weapon when there's a sitting Democrat president. So when Trump was in office for those four years, they never broached this idea. It never came up again. Why? Never talked about spending. It's a political weapon. It's not an actual yeah, idea that helps anybody or makes good policy. And then here's, here's the other part. that I really think Americans should just take some time to, to look into the idea of a sovereign nation the ability to be in debt, which is an advantage, not a disadvantage, right. and also a printing press. Go look at the nations who don't have a printing press when they go through <laughs> financial hard times. Bless you, Cousin Tom. Are we a sovereign nation? Recession or a depression in those nations because they don't have the ability to print the money to be able to ease through the good times, like the ease through the bad times. Think about it like this. When a teacher goes to the grocery store and a guna goes to the grocery store, when a teacher pays for her stuff, it doesn't say government money that's being spent. And then a guna's is private money that's being spent. It goes into the same pool. Uh -huh. The only thing that matters is it's keeping the economy rolling because both of them are what? They're spending. So okay. Just, the dollar is the world currency. The dollar is the world currency right now. Exactly. Why mess with that? Why, why okay. mess with that? 
All right, thank you. We are out of time. We're going to start our roundtable. Um, we will not have a show, a live show next week to celebrate Memorial Day. Please remember those who fought in our country and gave Absolutely. the ultimate sacrifice of their lives so that we are free to say whatever we choose to say on this show uh, during your Memorial Day holiday. Uh, we'll start our roundtable. Uh, actually, this time I'm going to start the roundtable off. And then we'll go to Keith, Stephen, Nas, Aguna, and Todd. And you can talk about whatever you want to talk about. So I'm going to start the roundtable off with uh, my experience with former NFL player Jim Brown, who passed away. Uh, my heart, thoughts, and prayers go to his wife and children. Uh, I got to actually spend time in Jim Brown's house on in the Hollywood Hills with him and a friend of mine who was dating him at the time. And we, oh, uh, he what? picked us up from LAX airport and took us back to his house and no woman was thrown out of any window. He was a perfect gentleman. He put my bags in the back of his uh, brown Mercedes convertible. He said he had had since his football playing days. Um, that night we went to see the premiere of more better blues with spike lee and i we had a great time we met and talked with spike lee i sat next to robert townsend during the preview of that movie mm. went back to jim brown's house he had oh my gosh you are just name dropping i'm about to say wow <laughs> and <laughs> what i loved about jim brown's kitchen was he had this this um, refrigerator that didn't look like a refrigerator, it just looked like a regular, uh, uh, you know, a cabinet. And you opened it up and it had all these fruit juices. And at the time, you know, I, I'm not a big drinker, you may not know that, but I lost my mind. I was like, look at all these dull fruit juices. I can mix papaya and cranberry. And, oh, I just had the best time in the world. And I didn't even think about the fact that he had those fruit juices because they were mixers for alcohol. <laughs> but for me, it was like great because I just could have any kind of juice I wanted. <laughs> so I mixed all my juices and had a good time as I heard all these this metal clink in the glass tables that he had down there because he had a lot of guests over. And that earlier evening before we went to the premiere, Timmy Brown came over with his, I don't know if his wife or girlfriend, and his son at the time, Sean. Now, Timmy Brown played for the Philadelphia Eagles and was very in, uh, instrumental in them uh, going to uh, the Super Bowl at the time in the 60s. And he came over and had his son, who was a toddler, and he was out by the pool and now, of course, Sean Brown is, is much older and Timmy Brown was in the Hall of Fame, for especially for the Eagles. So that was uh, a great, great experience at the time. Um, I didn't know um, anything bad about Jim Brown um, or anything negative, not bad, but anything negative about him. Uh, and he was very kind. He was a gentleman. He had a big, big picture of Louis Farrakhan and his wife up in his in Jim Brown's living room. And I just want to say, Jim Brown, you were very gracious and very polite and very nice to Paige and I. And thank you. 
uh, and uh, you lived a life well, well lived. Keith. All right. Well, you know, I just wanted to say that from a constitutional perspective, it's important for the, for the audience to know, and you can read this for yourself in articles uh, of the Constitution, the government, when the government spends money, every time the government spends money, that's taking money out of your pocket because you are the government, you and I. So government cannot print money or spend money without getting it out of the economy. Okay, they take it from the economy. When we spend money privately, we stimulate the economy. So it's a false notion that government is actually stimulating the economy by putting money in. That's a false notion. That's a phony notion. And don't believe that lie. You got to understand economics, basic economics. So the government. Hold on. So government spends money when government spends money. Like building taking, a road that you drive on. Takes money. Government does not produce. Government does not yes, produce. What is produced is actually private do produce the notes. The individual produces. So government is taking it from somewhere, just like individuals. When I I spend but, my but government builds roads, government builds bridges, they build yes, infrastructure, they and provide R and D yes, for. Oh, okay, you got to let him. This is his time. Please stop so he can finish. We're uh, we're running out of time. Go ahead. Roads, yes, the government builds roads, but that's from the money that I put in. Uh, I, we contribute to. Do you and benefit from the road? Aguna. Right now. Right he now. Flies. He flies everywhere he goes. He's like, he flies in a helicopter. The government has <laughs> more than the private sector can put into government. So in other words, with all the tax base, the taxes that are going back to government, it's not enough to cover the spending that government is doing. So that's what's causing such you a great... The government doesn't enable you to pursue I taking my uh, credit card and my credit card is maxed out. If my credit card is maxed out and I'm borrowing, still able to borrow money, well, what is that doing? Putting me in further you're debt. You're a private citizen. You're not, so you, don't, you, know, you don't have a fire department. You don't I just want to say this. Luna! You got to rationalize this. You got you know, to let him guys, finish. These guys are going to come along after me and I'll be done. I won't be able to say anything in response. But I just want you guys to hear this out. Government spends tax, uh, you know, spends our money. It's government has nothing. They don't produce anything. We produce the money that we put in the government and government is supposed to okay. use it in a uh, responsible fiscal way. So that's what's happening right now. And got one more one more point. The government never runs out because it constantly prints, print, print, print. And that's what inflation does is when you have more dollars, you may have a whole wheelbarrow of dollars that could buy a loaf of bread. Why? Because okay, you have thank too, you. Many too many dollars out and that money has been printed over uh, in abundance. Yeah, there's no value on information it. To get so that's okay. where we're going. That's where thank we're going. Thank you. Stephen. Yeah, since we have Memorial Day coming up, I want to tell you how thankful I am that I haven't lost my father, who was a soldier for decades, and he still he still keeps moving forward. And that's what he says. He's, when you know he's doing well, he'll tell you, even in the state he's in right now, he's like, I keep moving, keep moving forward. He just got over being really ill. But I want to 
just thank him tonight and maybe he can see this show because he taught me how to forgive, how to be compassionate, taught me how to fight, taught me how to take a punch, how to, how to, how to work on cars, how to do everything I'm going to have to need to survive, how to treat women, how to be cool. You know, he was the, one of the cool, he remi always reminded me of Elvis. And when I was a kid, I thought Elvis was really cool. And he was just like that. Like he wanted to try, but he was just, he had a, he had a, like people have a, something about them. And my dad has that about him. And he's still, no matter what happens, no matter what capacity he's in, he's, you can, you still know it's him. And he's saying, I'm here. I'm going to, I'm going to keep moving forward. And we, you know, we're going to see what happens. And that's, that's really cool. And I really appreciate, I'm so blessed to be able to be here and say, my father, I don't have to think about him on Memorial day. Cause he's still here with us. Thanks, Thank Dave. you. Nas. Yeah. So, I wanted to talk about something else, but just just anybody out there, just Google, just Google the debt, Google uh, tax collection and government spending, and you'll get a better idea from that misinformation that Keith gave you. He has no idea what he's talking about. All of that was incorrect and silly. Matter of fact, you go to any state that has a major uh, army base, naval base, or anything there. If you remove that from that state, that state becomes impoverished from that very moment. That's how much government spending matters in a nation. And again, at the end of the year, they're not sitting in Washington waiting on Keith's tax check to come in the mail in order to pay the bills. Doesn't <laughs> the thing I wanted to talk about was Stacy, you know, bringing up Jim Brown. If y'all get a chance, look up Bomani Jones on Jim Brown. He did like a 20-minute thing on Jim Brown. It's really good. Got into his life, his thoughts, and everything else because he's a complicated guy. And, and the reason he's complicated because he's human. There's not been a, a, a human born that was perfect yet, and I don't think there ever will be. So when we discuss Thomas Jefferson and you say, hey, this dude was a great mind as far as you know, building things as far as understanding governments and different systems, but he was also an enslaver and he impregnated a, a, a teenager. Uh, when you look at the story of Sally Hemings, complicated legacy, Thomas Jefferson. You look at Jim Brown, this great football player, a man's man, movie star, but also abusive as hell to women. Threw one off a balcony. There's stories of some of the women being you know, really young as far as him dating and everything else. Really complicated dude. George Washington, great general, understood battlefield tactics, understood how to inspire troops. Also a terrible enslaver. Uh, matter of fact, used, uh, you know, the, the enslavement of people to enrich himself. And it was why he was able to walk away from D.C. at the time that he did. So, again... There are no perfect people. Everybody is going to have a complicated legacy from these famous people we talk about to your uncle and aunt and, and niece and nephew. All of us are going to have complicated lives where we did some good, we did some bad, and you just hope on the ledger you did a lot more good than you did bad. But there are no perfect people, and you can't get all crazy and sensitive when somebody brings up the atrocities of someone who committed them. So when Kobe Bryant passed, and rest in peace to him, I was real sad about it. And when people were reporting, some of the reporting brings up what happened in Colorado. Did he sexually assault that woman? We don't know. But to act as if the person who brought it up is in the wrong and not just that, no, he's a human being. We do good and we do bad. Out in there. 
All right, thank you. And I have the article up. You can see, anyone can see it. Bomani Jones slams Jim Brown's ultimate disappointment. Could not take accountability. So that is in sportskeeda.com. I guess you can look it up and read it later on. Aguna. Yeah, um, you know, I know recent this week, Tina Turner passed away, which, you know, I was saddened by that. I mean, she was you know, an inspiration to a lot of folks. Um, you know, life is short. I know we get into it on the show um, about our different political views and perspectives, but I do think I do have uh, mutual respect, even for some of the wrong opinions expressed here. I think that, you know, as we go into Memorial Day, it's important to not, not only understand and reference our loved ones who are here, you know, been lost over the years, but also just revel in the fact that we can have these debates. As long as we have these debates, I think it's part of it is being able to listen and to engage and to understand perspectives that you may not agree with, but there are perspectives. And when we challenge each other and when we engage each other, if you can't, you know, consume the knowledge or even rebut that based on, you know, facts or just even just engage in the conversation, I think that's bigger than the problem than not saying anything at all or trying to cover it up or ban it or anything like that. So um, as we look back on Memorial Day, we look back, you know, at some of these celebrity deaths, which are really impacting us as individuals, um, you know, just find solitude in the fact that we are here and, you know, hopefully we'll wake up tomorrow and do it all over again the next day. So I hope everyone enjoys the weekend and their Memorial Day and use it to reflect on, on life in general. Thank you. Cousin Todd. Okay. Um, two things. One is Stephen's father. <clears throat> uh, he served in the military and and I was wondering why Stephen wanted the government to default if his father was going to be affected directly by that. Uh, senior citizens, people on Social Security, uh, disability, uh, people in the military. So does he realize that those are the people that will be impacted when they go over the cliff like Trump wants them to do? Uh, that's number one. Number two, I'm going to take a page out of your book and talk about a sports hero. Uh, speaking of Stephen and Keith again, uh, their hero, who they were devastated when their hero, and I don't know why he was he's their hero, but he is, Bruce Jenner. These people, I guess they thought they were going to marry him or make out with him or something. And so since he had went into his transition. Now, Keith and Stephen are devastated by it. They don't know what to do, and they've never gotten over it. So, <laughs> sorry, Keith and Stephen, you'll have to find your own husbands. I mean, wives. <laughs> Is that it? That's all. It, you know, um, Pride, hey, Keith, you know... You know, Pride Month is coming up, Keith. You're going to be real busy in June. Well, I'm very proud of this. Yeah. Go figure. <laughs> what did you say, Nas? No, I, I can't believe Todd was able to get that off without anybody jumping in on it. I just knew one of them was going to jump in. Well, well, no, Keith is going. It was only yeah. Keith. Yeah, so he, he, well, Keith, <laughs> Keith doesn't have his that. Role. 
What's so special also that Stephen didn't mention that I do want to mention? Stephen can't work. I mean, Keith can't work without his love, his friend um, <laughs> by his side. So he doesn't know no, what I to mean, do. No, we do. Excuse me. I try to be polite, which you guys do not. I try to uh, let people talk. So Stephen somehow was disconnected from the show. I don't know if he lost uh, his service or his out of energy with his electric, but we need to say happy birthday. <laughs> out of his energy. Oh, yeah, like he's got yeah his maybe his, his charge. Off. No, his charge mm -hmm. may have gone off on his laptop, but we want to say happy birthday. Stephen's yeah. birthday is Memorial Day. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> how about yeah, uh, a fellow how Gemini? About birthday? I don't know about happy. I don't know if I wish him a happy <laughs> well, well, you know, it may, they, DeSantis may ban birthdays next year. We never know. Yeah. Well, at least for the black. It's only uh, um, birthdays. birthdays are offensive to age. Well, I want to hear the DeSantis uh, interview tonight, so I'm going to have to uh, sign off. I want to hear DeSantis. Oh, wait, we're about to sign off, uh, Keith. Don't yeah, go anywhere. We just wanted to say happy yeah. birthday to Stephen. And I'm sure you, you still didn't happy say happy birthday to Stephen. I know, man. Give him a kiss from all of us, Keith. I did. I already go said ahead, that. Keith. Okay. Go ahead, Go ahead. Do it. Go ahead, do it. I wish I never quit you. I already spoke to Stephen. I already Stay, spoke to Stephen. real quick? Yes. For the, for the people who think the government gets his money from tax receipts, Mm -hmm. Markets don't exist without a government. That's how you do contract law. That's how you do weights and measures. You have to have an umpire to call balls and strikes. If you just didn't have a government entity, not only would you not have a fight, but you would have anarchy because you wouldn't have a trusted arbitrator acting between what? The two parties. So this My idea, now, when I say parties, Okay, so thank you. Idea, if the government, if the U.S. government is so bad, why are you even here? Why are you even in America? Thank you to our first responders in our communities. You make our lives livable. Thank you, thank you, thank you to our women and men of the U.S. military for all that you do and sacrificing your lives so that we are free to say whatever we choose on this show. We are forever indebted and happy Memorial Day on behalf of Aguna, the Nigerian moderate Republican. Keith, the constitutional conservative, Stephen, the independent thinker, happy birthday. Mm. Happy Nas, birthday. thank you for joining us. And my cousin Todd. You got the eagle hat. Is that an eagle hat or a hawk? What the hell is that? What? An eagle. Yeah, put that hawk's hat on, man. No, that's definitely not the Dirty Birds of the South. Yeah. I'm Stacey Johnson. Let's keep this conversation going on Instagram. And check us out on Twitter, Twitch, uh, Instagram. Like and subscribe on YouTube. And check us out on Stephanie Stallworth's The Flow Television Network. We'll see you uh, in June, right? Yeah. We Greatest month of the year. Week after next, we don't have a show. We don't have a live show, but you can always look back and see what Keith, Todd, Aguna, and Nas had to say on any of our YouTube shows at any time, 24-7. Good night. Good night. Well, Stacey, can you make sure you send your, your, your tax check-in so hopefully the government does for us. The government well, like, does for our money. And Stacy, why did you try to be shady with Steven? You no, said maybe his electricity got cut off. No, I meant his computer. 
No, I meant his computer because remember last time his computer went off because he said he hadn't charged it. So I was thinking the FBI did the FBI came in there and cut it. And then, <laughs> and then that thing running for nine hours watching all the conspiracy videos. There's no battery left after watching all that. Nonsense. Hey Nas, you Nas, you you uh, neglected to say what else I said that the government, uh, the spending of government, far exceeds the amount of money it takes in for taxes. That goes to show you how. Okay. Out of okay. So so Alexander Hamilton and Thomas Jefferson. You remember those two figures, right? Yep. Do you remember what they were arguing about? Because yep. you're constitutional, so of course you remember this. Yeah, the what federal, the Fed. He wanted a federal reserve. Uh, that was uh, Hamilton. And uh, in that Hamil sense... Uh, what, what, why did he want... Well, the Federal Reserve comes much, much later. Alexander Hamilton wanted the United States to, to be able to be extended credit to be able to do deals right. with Europe and other nations. And but, the other side said, no... We're going to stick by the gold standard. We don't need credit. Yeah. Now, what happens if we don't take the Hamilton route? Well, we don't take the Hamilton um, route. We would restrain our spending, which would have been a good thing, in my opinion. So I disagree. Okay. So we don't take the Hamilton route. We don't become a world power. We, we stay the junior partner to England, who already yes. had credit lines everywhere else, which That's caused right. what? Once you have those credit lines, you can invest in different technology, ideas. Uh, you know, you can create trade deals with other nations because you're not scraping together the cash to do deals just straight up deal for deal, cash for cash. So what you're talking about actually shrinks your economic pie. What yeah. Hamilton did, which is why he was right and which is why the U.S. is what it is to this day, you expand the pie because you're taking more risk and you're taking more money in, which means what? You get bigger payoffs later on. Yeah, so, and we're big debt I mean, too. If you want a better answer, I can give you one, but hell. That's pretty oh, no, good, right? So, uh, Keith, what is the U.S. debt? What does the U.S. debt do to you? The U.S. debt? What it does to me? <laughs> what, is, what does it do to you? What it does is the grandkids of me uh, your grandkids, your kids' kids, and okay. uh, future generations is what it does. It uh, takes so, so away. What, no, tell me what it does to them. Well, we're spending uh, for future generations. We're not spending our money. We're spending their money, and they will have to at some so point. What does that, that mean? I, I know that's, that's a story. What it a, means that's, is, a, uh, that's a tagline. Well, what, what it means mean? is future generations will have to pay, and they will be in a tremendous debt, and they'll be okay, looking. Okay, so back let me ask you this. Uh, let me ask you this. So. If you look at the amount of data created in the last four years, it's more than the that man data. It's more the data that man created since his existence. So in the last four years, we've done things that we didn't know we could ever do, right? So to push debt to future generations, not having faith that these the future generation now we're putting in a position to solve those problems and to be in a position to create the artificial intelligence, all these different things that we don't even we can't even fathom right now. So on one hand, you're saying, hey, I'm doing all this for future generations. But you have no faith in the, the fact that future generations are coming up with prob or to solutions to problems that we don't even know are problems yet. That's what we're doing now. You think the people 100 years ago knew we would be dealing with the Internet? No. No. That's what's happened. It's called humanity. We figure out things in for the future generations. You're not. You're sitting here saying, "Hey, future generations, they're going to be in debt and all this other stuff." 
uh, nah, they'll probably be they'll probably be worrying about what planet they're gonna live on. Uh, yeah, okay, thank you. Good night. And he yeah. didn't say that when Donald Trump was president and we spent more than any that. other president in history. No, because you're gonna cut because we don't need to explore space because it's just too much expansion. Well, like Ray, I'll leave you with these thoughts. It's like what Reagan said. I'm from the government, the federal government, and I'm here to help. Have a good day. All right. Bye. Bye, Felicia. Like, <laughs> people, 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 government is bad for you. Well, I'm running for president. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, it's the biggest hypocrisy. I mean, look, look, Keith, I get it. It sounds good. But the reality is I have faith in my son's generation and his kids' generation to fix these problems. Or at least well, to come up with a better solution. These are the assets of the wealthiest in the country, meaning they buy treasury bills, and when those things mature, they'll make a profit. That That's point. why the government has debt to extend that credit that they Matter of fact, That's kids that you're talking about, the next generation, another reason why they'll be able to even get even more debt is because of what? Slavery. The Slavery is expected to live another <laughs> one. Why would you buy some T-bills, but won't buy uh, T-bills from Venezuela because you expect the United States government to still be standing. But Keith never answered the question. What does the debt do to you, Keith? Nothing. The answer is nothing. Well, the debt enslaves me to the limit. Just because you want to go watch football or whatever it is you're trying to do. Let me try and stop you. Enslaved to the limit. The borrower is you as an individual then stop spending. You can choose the borrower to stop spending. Is enslaved to the lender. The borrower is enslaved to the lender. The borrower is enslaved. Hey, you have no lender. idea what you're talking about. All right, good night. Good night. <laughs> All right, thank you.